0: Of the North Brevard Church of Christ, August the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2020. We appreciate every day the Lord gives us. Our opening song will be the steadfast love of the Lord. Get ready, ladies. Need your echo.
1: GREAT IS THY FAITHFULNESS. THE LORD IS MY PORTION, SAYS MY SOUL, THEREFORE I WILL HOPE IN HIM. THE STEADFAST LOVE OF THE LORD NEVER CEASES. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. for I will hope in Him.
0: song before our prayer will be, "'Tis the Blessed Hour of Prayer."
2: pray with me. Heavenly Fathers, we come here this morning, Father, to to worship you, to give praise to you, to give thanks to you. We want to be thankful for the, the rains, Father, that we had last night, then the calm and the beautiful sunset, and then the bright, clear skies this morning that we have. Father, you, you always take care of us. You always give us what, it, what we need. I'd like to ask you to Father, to, to, to be with us as we go through this virus, that um, help those that, are, that could be inf- affected by it. Um, Father, we know that, that you are in control, that you, can, that you can get rid of this at any time. We ask that you uh, try to move this thing on so, so people can get back to work and in their jobs and providing for their families, Father. We ask you to, to relieve us so we don't have to, to worry about the elderly people that it mostly, mostly affects. They're full of so much knowledge and so much love, Father, that uh, we're so grateful that we have them around. We'd uh, also, Father, ask you to be with the teachers that are going back to school, getting prepared, and the uh, children, Father, that, um, this school year may be uh, a good one. Um, hopefully, it won't be too much turmoil in this this year, Father. Maybe uh, you know, even kill, so uh, the the kids will you know not have any interruption. Hopefully, um, so they can maintain with their friends and stay together and and uh, learn from the teachers, Father. Um, like to. To ask you to be with those teachers, give them strength and the patience, and uh, to deal with the new changes and the things that they're going through. And I ask you to be with this congregation, Father. That uh, um, although we are separated on Sundays and some during the week, that you keep us strong, that you keep us together, uh, knowing that sooner than later, I believe, Father, that we're going to be brought back together as a as a as a one body. And uh, Father, to ask uh, be with Mike as he gives us a message this morning, and and Matt, and and all those that are involved um, in bringing this together. Uh, it's been a lot harder on them um, having to be here basically the whole day doing two separate services. Um, but the love for you, Father, just keeps them going, and we're so grateful for that. As we uh, go through the service, may us uh, may we have an uh, open mind, open heart, and take in the words that are given to us. And we're so grateful and thankful for your son, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Our next song is in preparation of partaking of the Lord's Supper. Following the guidance of the writer, the first part of the song is slowly, and the last verse is faster.
3: i'd like to read two passages two small passages to prepare our minds for the lord's supper the first one is in first corinthians uh, chapter 11 starting in verse 23 it says for i received from the lord what i also passed on to you the lord jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It took the death of Jesus for all of us to have salvation. It took the death of Jesus for all of us to have hope. It took the death of Jesus for all of us to have forgiveness of sins. And that is why we partake this every week. It's a reminder, but it's also, according to Paul, a proclamation. When we're doing this, we're doing more than just reminding ourselves of what God has done for us. We're also proclaiming that we believe that we believe in the death of Jesus, that we believe in the necessity of his sacrifice. Let's pray for the bread. Father God, we come before you, and Lord, we're grateful for this time where we can just partake in these emblems which uh, represent the, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I... Pray that as we take it, we do this in a manner that's pleasing to you. I pray that we remember that without Jesus, there's no hope. Without Jesus, we're... And it took that sacrifice to make us right. To make our relationship with you right. It's in Jesus' name. So the second scripture I wanted to share with you is a scripture we've read a bunch. But it's Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. That, again, is why we take this. It's not just to remember the death and what it's done for us. But it's also to remember the victory that we have in the death of Jesus Christ. And I want to remind you that Jesus said many times that no one could kill him. That he laid down his life willingly for us. It was a a sacrifice of love. And because of that, only through that, do we have victory. Let's pray. Father God, again, at this time, we... um, we come to you humbly. We, we, we thank you for the sacrifice of your son and, and the willingness he had and the willingness you had. The, the fact that it was really part of the plan before time was ever written because you knew that we were capable of making mistakes, so therefore we would. And we created this gap that, that we couldn't bridge on our own, so Jesus, by laying down his life, actually bridged that gap. And we're grateful for that. And I also want to remind us all of what your word says in First John, where John says that the blood of Christ is continually washing away our sin. The blood is still flowing, Lord, and we're grateful for that because we still make mistakes even though we've come to know you and we're doing our best to follow you. We still struggle. We still make mistakes, and we're grateful for the fact that this blood is continually, continually washing away our sin as we repent and come back to you and it's in Jesus name we pray.
1: reading Mark 9, 14, 14 through 15. When Jesus and his three disciples came back down, they saw a large crowd around the other disciples. The teachers of the law of Moses were arguing with them. The crowd was really surprised to see Jesus, and everyone hurried over to greet him.
4: It is good to see everybody. This morning we're going to be talking about Lord I believe but help my unbelief. It's out of Mark chapter 9 which was so ably read. For this series of sermons, we're using a book from John Ortberg entitled Faith and Doubt. Now some people have said, is there any other book that would work? Disappointment with God by Philip Yancey is the second book that I'm using for this series. It's a a good book, a little deep, but it's okay. So if you're looking for a second book to keep up, uh, it would be Philip Yancey's Disappointment with God. This Wednesday night... One of those scriptures that we've gone over a lot is the scripture on Peter walking on the water. And we're going to take it apart and we're going to look at it uh, and see exactly what happened. So tune in, either on YouTube or on Facebook, whichever is, is your choice. This is from Toastfinder. Toastfinder is one of those places that gives you a lot of little stories to begin whenever you're going to speak and uh, this is what I thought was good. The story is a man he's walking along the cliff and suddenly he loses his balance and he's falling off and he happens to reach up and catch a root that is coming out of the wall of the cliff. He's holding on for dear life and after a while he decides to call for help. Is anybody there who can help me? And there's no answer. Anybody who can help me? No answer. And he keeps calling again and again till he's almost exhausted. And finally a voice comes back. I can help you. And the man asks, well, who are you? He says, I am God. He said, what do I need to do? He said, let go of the root. The man screams back, help, is there anybody else up there who can help me? It's a good illustration for us because he had faith enough. But then when God gave him what he needed to do, he doubted. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we come before you this morning asking you to help us see you. and help us understand what, what you expect of us Lord it's so easy to have faith and then and then to doubt so please give us the insight of a growing faith i ask you help me get out of the way so that people can see you I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be in Mark 9 all morning, so if you'd like to go there, then you can follow along. It's got the occasion where Jesus starts climbing Mount Tobed. He takes with him his three favorite apostles that he takes with him everywhere. Peter, James, and John. And when they get to the top, Jesus is transfigured. That is, he takes on his heavenly appearance, not his earthly appearance. He is seen with two men Moses and Elijah. Now, that's significant because Moses was the the lawgiver. And Elijah was looked at as the prophet of the Old Testament. And when you put it together, what's happening is that Moses and Elijah appeared to announce the end of the Old Testament reign. With the death of Christ, we have a a New Testament, different from the first. They start back down and they get to where they left the nine. There's a crowd around him. And the teachers of the law, or the scribes, are arguing with him. Now teachers of the law or scribes are the same group just depending on your translation. So this is the same group they're talking to. And as soon as the people see Jesus, they're overwhelmed and they run out to greet him. And Jesus looks at his nine and he says what are you arguing about they don't get to answer a man from the crowd Teacher, I right but my son who's been possessed by a spirit that's robbed him of his speech and and whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground and he foams at the mouth and he, he gnashes his teeth and he becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they couldn't. Now verse 19 is important because he switches from talking to the man to talk to the nine. The nine disciples. Oh, unbelieving generation. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. The reason the disciples thought they could do it is they've seen it done before. In fact, they've done it before. Three chapters previously, he sends out the twelve, but two by two. And he gives them the power to cast out demons when they go. They come back in verses 12 and 13, and, and they go out and they tell Jesus that they, they, they have preached, that people should repent. They drove out, If see it? They drove out many demons. And they anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. They've had success. They've faced this situation before. But they failed this time. Jesus asks for them to bring the boy to him. And when they, they bring him, the spirit the evil spirit sees it's Jesus. It throws him to the ground, he starts foaming at the mouth. And the boy's father is asked by Jesus, how long has he been like this? And the father says from from childhood, It's often thrown him into fire or water to kill him, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Have you ever had a sick child? And you didn't know if they'd ever get better? Most of you know that Michelle had a period in her life where it was hard for her. And it was hard for us. Yeah, I I guess I prayed fifteen to twenty times every day. And it didn't matter if she still was sick. When it comes to your kids and, and they're little and they don't seem to be getting any better, it's tough. So the father looks at Jesus, he's tried everything, nothing's worked. And he says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. He says that as the sun is rolling around on the ground, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus says, if you can, everything's possible for him who believes. And immediately, the boy's father, he says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. He has faith. I do believe. He also has doubt. Help me overcome my unbelief. the crowd's now running up to the scene because it's Jesus who is dealing with the Father. And he rebukes the spirit and tells him to come out and he comes out and the spirit shrieks and and he convulses violently. And after he has this situation, he lays there motionless. And the crowd looks at him and says, the boy's dead. Jesus got rid of the spirit, but now he's dead. And so Jesus takes him by the hand and lifts him up to his feet. And the boy stands. The nine want to know something. We we gave it our best shot. I mean, we really thought we could help him, and we did everything that we had ever done or saw you do, and it didn't work. Why didn't it work? Why couldn't we drive him out? And Jesus says, this kind can come out only by prayer. What he's saying is, you haven't grown enough yet in your faith. You haven't learned enough yet to handle a situation like this. And so they they go. It brings me to to two questions that I, I think need answering to get everything that this is saying Have you ever had a time in your life when you thought that you could do this or that and you really didn't have to have God around that like you just do it you had the skills you had the power you had the the training and you really didn't need God so you, you start out and you get going and you head in the direction that, that you think you ought to go and you end up in all kinds of situations that you don't know how to get out of. Because you never ask God what he wanted of you. Or maybe you're just the opposite. You do pray. And you pray. And you pray, but you pray for a specific outcome. What you think it ought to be. In other words, you're telling God, God, I'm going to take your place now and let you know where this ought to end up. And you fulfill that. You become God and he, and he becomes our servant. This was me when Michelle was sick. We come across the situation and we think we know how it ought to happen and it just doesn't happen that way. That's where faith and doubt cross. You have the faith to pray, but you don't have the faith to let God give you the answer he wants. But we had a good example. When Jesus came to earth, he came to die. And he knew it. He kept telling the disciples over and over and over, I'm going to die. And, and the disciples kept saying, no, you're not Will. You will, will go to war. Whatever it takes, you are not going to die. And he kept saying, yeah, I'm here to die. And they keep on trying to convince him that's not what's going to happen. And Jesus kept saying, that's why I'm here. Now, I would like to say it was always brave, but he shows a human side. Remember the garden. If there's any other way, let this cup pass. God, if there's any other way to help people and, and to change them other than this, then let's do that. You knew do the horrors of a cross. But when it comes time, he does the will of God and doesn't even resist the rest. Because he know he came to die. He came to die because we were sinners. It came to die because there was no other way to have a relationship with God. He came to die so we could live. This morning, if you look at your life and, and you're going through the faith and doubt thing, and right now it looks like the doubt thing's winning, or if you've never repented of your sins and been baptized for the remission of sins we can do that this morning but do it because he came to die so that you can live there's a way that we can help you get your life right with Christ won't you come why together we stand and sing (laughs)
1: Oh. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Mike. Uh, Just a couple things. Pick up a bulletin, though. There's a lot of information in there. I'm not going to try and go through it. Uh, There's a correction. The ladies' lunch is not at 11 o'clock. It's at 1130. Um, Mark Emerson, the grandson of the Ortiz's, is in Bowling Green. He's in a a care facility, so keep him in your prayers. And today is Damon's last day. He's off to Florida Atlantic, and uh, down there in the Lauderdale area, so wish him well as uh, he endeavors to enter into college and make good grades and do himself well.
0: Shall we stand for our closing song?
1: (laughs) On Jordan, stormy
5: Lord, as we get uh, ready to leave this place, uh, I ask that you would replace doubt with faith, uh, replace uh, fear with confidence, and help us to replace worry with trust. For we know, Lord, that uh, we are not of this world, and at this time in history and in this time and day, many are fearful and afraid. Help us to be confident. Help us to understand, uh, no matter how old or how young, that uh, we uh, if we are where your children will come to be with you at some point in time. Bless us throughout this week as our kiddos get ready to go back to school. Um, help them to do their very best and help us as parents and grandparents uh, to display um, a, a calm and uh, trust in you. Forgive us forgive us of our sins, and bless us until we meet again. In Christ I pray. Amen.